The Islanders have a flat performance in Philly and fall to the Flyers 3-1. We have our key takeaways from the game, plus our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders, and a whole lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to get to today after the Islanders' 3-1 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers in Philadelphia. But first, if there's Island, something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment maybe about something we've discussed on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about in a future episode, send us an email the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And we, I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So make sure you, know, you join me for some instant insight and analysis. And uh, always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or any time. So feel free to contact me via Twitter and let's talk some Isles hockey. Tough loss for the Islanders. Why so tough? Well, here's why. You, you, we know how this team wins hockey games. They forecheck. They don't allow good opportunities through the neutral zone. They may allow a lot of shots, but the goalie can see the shots. And the Islanders themselves shoot the puck enough and create enough chances uh, in, in order to get some pressure on the opposing goalie. The defensemen step up into the play and, and, and get involved in the offense when they can. And the result is more often than not two points. Well, last night's game against the Flyers was pretty much the recipe for how the Islanders lose hockey games. You don't play a full 60-minute game. Your effort is uneven. You don't skate. Maybe the most frustrating thing about this game, you're talking about a Flyers team that has one of the weakest defenses in the league and you only manage 24 shots on goal in the whole game, that is not acceptable. And 
that's what happened to the Islanders in this one. And they just did not cash in on the opportunities they had, and they didn't create enough opportunities. Look, we'll hand out some some kudos. There aren't a lot, but let's give out a few. Ilya Sorokin, 30 saves and 32 shots, played amazingly well to keep this a 2-1 to game up until the final empty net goal with, you know, less than a minute left in the game. But other than that, not a lot of kudos. Okay, Noah Dobson got the power play goal, but then the Islanders quickly give up a shorthanded goal to make it a 1-1 game. And after that, it was like the Islanders just stopped skating. It was like this team expected to be able to just show up and beat the Philadelphia Flyers. And when Kevin Hayes scored what turned out to be the game winner, 9:45 into that first period, that was it. The Islanders just sort of were flat for almost all of the rest of the game. And, you know, the old cliche in hockey, as Wayne Gretzky said, you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. This team didn't take a lot of shots. And it is just, it was just a poor effort. You know, they had their share of power play opportunities. That was encouraging to see. And yet, after that first power play goal, you know, the... Other four guys who didn't have the puck on the power play, standing around, not moving at all. The the puck, for most of the rest of the power plays, stayed on the perimeter. The Islanders seemed content when they were in the offensive zone to pass it around. But no motion, nobody in front, nobody screening the goalie, nobody shooting the puck. You do that, you're not going to score even if you're facing the worst penalty-killing unit in the league. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they were facing the worst penalty-killing unit in the league. Uh, just too many guys not getting the job done. And, you know, okay, Ryan Pulak, five block shots, four of them in the first period. Romanov had four block shots in this game, but just overall... Not a lot going for them. And and look, one thing that was frustrating, the Islanders, you know, they announced officially Josh Bailey would not play. He had a, an upper body injury. Now, whether they said that to just a, a avoid the fact that Bailey was going to be scratched for Ross Johnston, we don't know that. I'm going to give uh, Lane Lambert and company the benefit of the doubt. But you go with Ross Johnston in the lineup, and early in the game, Cal Clutterbuck, injured, does not return. He only played four minutes and 11 seconds. So what are you looking at? All of a sudden, not only are the Islanders losing the game midway through the first period 2-1, to one, but you, you have one less forward to begin with, and then you have, you know, a fourth line is going to be Sezekis, Martin, and Johnston with Clutterbuck no longer available. That goes without saying. But, you know, those guys, they're not goal scorers. You down by a goal, you have one less guy who can theoretically contribute a lot of offense, and that ended up hurting the Islanders. Early on in this game, we got exactly what we expected. The Flyers 
living up to expectations. Seven seconds in, Zach McEwen and Matt Martin dropped the gloves. They finished their fight. One second later, Ross Johnston and Nicholas Delorier dropped the gloves. You would have hoped that would have been the end of it. There was a little extra extracurricular activity at the end of the first period. Lewis Sedlak and uh, Lucas Sedlak, pardon me, and Adam Pellick doing some pushing and shoving. And then it more or less calmed down. But, you know, the Flyers doing historical Flyer things. They're not really the Broad Street bullies anymore, but they played that way in this game. So Ross Johnston dropped the gloves, did what he was supposed to do, was out there for 9.35 in this game because Clutterbuck was not able to finish the game. But again, just offensively, that was the big problem. A lack of awareness, a lack of intensity, a lack of effort. And look, there are going to be games over the course of an 82-game NHL season when your team doesn't have their juice. They don't have their A game. But when you're playing a team that's on a 10-game losing streak, you got to get out there and give effort to take the points that are sitting there on the table. The Islanders didn't. They lose the game. And, you know, they've got to do better going forward because you can't leave too many of these points on the table. And the Islanders did. you got to hope this doesn't cost them anything in the long run. Again, you're not always going to have great games, but just follow the recipe of forechecking, playing along the, you know, uh, cycling along the boards, and then shoot the darn puck when you're on the power play, move the puck. This is all hockey 101, and the Islanders failed it last night in Philadelphia. The result, a 3-1 to loss. We have got more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about this game. We've also got our farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders and a whole lot more. So stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball. You got the World Cup going on, USA advances to the round of 16. Esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you could find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Islanders, Predators coming up on Friday. If you think the Isles will bounce back, here's your opportunity to prove it and make a little extra money. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Time for our weekly farm report as we discuss all things Bridgeport Islanders. Bridgeport playing 
three games since our last farm report, and the first one was the night before Thanksgiving. Islanders taking on the Hartford Wolfpack in Hartford, and the Isles skate away with a 6-3 win in that one. A three-point night for Otto Koivula, two goals, one helper. Arno Durando had three assists as the Islanders got the win, and multi-point efforts for Chris Terry and Jeff Kubiak, in addition to Koivula and Durando. Corey Schneider, 24 saves in his 200th career AHL game, and he now has seven wins, which ties him for second most in the AHL, or at least it was at the point of this game. So a good start to Thanksgiving weekend for the Bridgeport Islanders. Then later on in the weekend, they take on the Rochester Americans. This one, an overtime loss, a, a, a tough one by the score of 6-5. to five. Bridgeport out shooting Rochester 33-27. to 27. Uh, But two power play goals by the Rochester Americans hurt. And, you know, here's a good game by Andy Andreoff. He had a hat trick, six shots on goal in this one. Three assists for Chris Terry, but it wasn't enough. And Jakob Skarek giving up uh, six goals in just 27 shots. So that was not his best performance. But you know what? You're on the road. You still pick up a point, And that is definitely a positive. Then... On Sunday, the Islanders playing against the Thunderbirds and beating Springfield by a score of 6-4. to four. four goals in the second period. And then a late power play goal by Andy Andreoff to get the Islanders the win. 13 different players with a point. Cole Bardrow with two goals, 30 saves for Corey Schneider. And the Islanders now 2-0-1 against Springfield this year. And just a strong overall performance by the Islanders. Bridgeport tied for second place right now in the Atlantic Division. Only the Providence Bruins ahead of them in the schedule, uh, in the standings. Providence a 763 point percentage. The Islanders and the Hershey Bears tied for second with a 722 save percentage. Samuel Bolduck, now the Islanders' leader with 18 points, three goals and 15 assists, not bad for a defenseman. Andy Andreoff, just one point behind. He leads the team with 10 goals, and he has 17 points. Arno Durando, 15 points. Uh, Ruslan uh, Ishkakov, 14 points, as does Chris Terry. Otto Koivula at 11. Hudson Fashing, 7 goals. William Dufour, 6. Cole Bardrow with 5 as we look at that. Goaltending, meanwhile, Corey Schneider, the 2-5-6 goals against average, a 9-16 save percentage, 8-1-1 in 9 games. Jakob Skarek, 3-2-3, an 8-83 save percentage, and a 3.73 goals against average. So Skarek kind of struggling a little bit uh, as of late, but hopefully he will be able to straighten things out. Now, we look at the upcoming schedule for the Bridgeport Islanders as we head into, believe it or not, 
uh, December, one game tonight, Wednesday night, November 30th, a home game against the first place Providence Bruins. Islanders beat the Bruins in Providence 3-2 in overtime back on November 20th. Have a chance to start fighting for first place with a possible win there tonight. And then Saturday, a road game at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. That's a 6.05 p.m. Eastern time start on Saturday. Sunday, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, matinee back at home at Bridgeport. Springfield Thunderbirds coming to town to close out the three-day week. So those are the three games on the schedule. Two home games tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Big showdown against Providence. Road game Saturday at Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And then another home matinee at 3 in the afternoon against Springfield on Sunday. And uh, again, if you want to go up to Bridgeport, take the ferry. That is your opportunity to see some of the future Islanders uh today before they possibly join the big club in the future so overall again things looking up for the bridgeport islanders they have been playing much better hockey this season and that has been more than a little bit encouraging for the islanders organization brent thompson doing a good job coaching up this team and we are of course very happy to see that now again make sure you join us every week for the farm report as we discuss all things bridgeport islanders we do this every wednesday unless there's some important breaking news or just too much going on that we move it either to tuesday or thursday but uh wednesday is usually the day for the farm report and make sure you join us for that we have got a lot more to get to on this episode of the locked on islanders podcast We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, an Islander who was with the team for the club's first four seasons, plus some more thoughts about a disappointing performance in Philly, all that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're a few days early, really, as Friday will be the 74th birthday for former Islanders center Ralph Stewart. The native of Fort William, Ontario, made his NHL debut with the Vancouver Canucks in 1970-71. At 6'1", 190, he had very good size for a player in the 70s. But after playing three games for the Canucks and picking up one assist, he was down in the minors, AHL, CHL, and then joined the Islanders during the 72-73 season. Their first had his best year with the Isles in 73-74. 23 goals and 43 points in 67 games. Followed that up with a 40-point season, 16 goals in 74-75. Added three goals and six points during the Islanders' playoff run that year. Uh... Played 31 games in 75-76, then went back to finish up his NHL career with the Canucks, and then played a couple of years in the Central Hockey League, minor leagues, before hanging up his skates after the 78-79 season. Went on to uh, do a little coaching in uh, senior hockey in the 80s, but uh, I'll tell you, Ralph Stewart, one of the more important players on the second-year Islanders team, 73-74, 
really gave them some stability and some scoring ability that the Islanders just didn't have in those first couple of seasons. We go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders, the old St. Louis Arena, December 22, 1973, Islanders taking on the Blues, Jerry Desjardins, the goalie for the Isles, Wayne Stevenson in the nets for the Blues, and St. Louis getting on the board first. Craig Cameron, the Islanders, called for interference just 34 seconds into the game. And Steve Durbano, best known for his uh, ability to punch people, ends up with his fourth goal of the year on the power play from Gary Unger and Glenn Sather at 137 after one period Isles trail, one to nothing. But in the second, Ralph Stewart, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Scores just seven seconds into the period. His 10th, Craig Cameron, the only assist, were tied at one. Ernie Hickey scores for the Islanders at 240 of the second period. His fifth, the captain, Ed Westfall and Dennis Potvan with the assist. Two to one, Isles early on in the second. But late in the second period, the Islanders are shorthanded and... Base uh, The Islanders on the power play, rather, and Chris Evans of the Blues scores shorthanded. Gord Brooks, the only assist at 15-51. That ties the game at 2-2, two and two, but with eight seconds left in the second period. Ralph Stewart, our Islanders' birthday of the day. His second of the game, 11th of the year. Burt Marshall and Brian Spinner Spencer with the assist. That made it a 3-2 Isles lead after 40 minutes. In the third, the Islanders. Down a man as Jean Potvin was off for hooking, but Ralph Stewart, our Islanders' birthday of the day, comes through with his third goal of the year, uh, third goal of the game, 12th of the year, his only career NHL hat trick. That comes at 9.35, and the Islanders skate away with a 4-2 win over the St. Louis Blues. Islanders outshot in this one 33-32, but for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ralph Stewart, 8 Shots on goal in this game. Absolutely a dominant performance. Three goals. He's a plus two. He had uh, one shorthanded goal, two even strength goals, and of course the game-winning goal. So Ralph Stewart with his only career NHL hat trick happening in St. Louis. Islanders beat the Blues 4-2. to two. Ralph Stewart is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I know the performance against the Flyers was disappointing. The Islanders didn't do the things they needed to do to win hockey games. They didn't play their style. They didn't forecheck well. They just were kind of sloppy in their own ends at, at times. And the intensity level wasn't there. I know over the course of 82 games, you're going to have some games like that. To me, the important question that Islander fans need to see from this team so we can believe that they are for real. How do they respond? Do they go out on Friday with another flat performance at home against the Predators? Or do we see them all of a sudden just find their game, get back to the things that make them successful, and get back to winning hockey. You got two 
home games coming up this weekend. The Islanders are off until Friday. You got Friday and Sunday night games for this team. Now's the time for the Islanders to answer the bell and show them that, yeah, every team has their off games, but we're going to respond. We're going to step up and get the job done. That's the thing that this team needs to show going forward. You lose a game now and again, it happens, even if it's a game you're supposed to win. Now go out and show me that it was a fluke or a, a rare occurrence. That is what this team needs to do on Friday. How do you respond to the adversity? How do you respond to a poor performance? Hopefully the answer is they bounce back. This is how Lane Lambert and his coaching ability in his first year as a head coach gets tested. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.